Hi everybody and welcome to the third episode of Light Space Podcast. First and foremost, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has tuned into the first two. Really, really appreciate it. Please, please keep streaming. So this episode is going to be specifically on young people and mental health. I've got six young people who have kindly given their time to come and speak about their own insights into their mental health. So without further ado, they're going to introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Taylor and I'm 18. Hi, I'm Lene, and I'm 17. Hi, I'm Dave, and I'm 17. Hey, I'm Savannah, and I'm 17. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and I'm 18. My name is Ricardo, and I'm 17. Perfect. Thank you very much for introducing yourself, guys. So in this episode, we're literally just going to talk about everything to do with young people and mental health. I said previously in my previous episode that I feel like young people are kind of the forgotten when it comes to mental health. I think sometimes they even feel like they're not taken as seriously because they're young. So we're going to hear the young people's own experiences. So my first kind of question to you guys is, do you feel that your mental health is taken seriously? So say if you used to go to your parents with an issue, do you feel like they would take it seriously? Or do you think they'd be like, oh, it's because you're young, it's fine, life goes on kind of thing? For me, I would say with my parents, like they take me seriously in terms of we'd maybe sit down and talk about it. And then if it carried on and I still felt the way I did when I first went to them, then they'd be like, okay, yeah, we can go and speak to someone about it if I was comfortable doing that. So they just, like, tailor it to how I was feeling about the situation. So do you feel like your age may sometimes play into factor in how their response may be the first time? Do you think it would initially be like, oh, it's fine, you're young, Taylor, life goes on? Or do you think they'd initially feel like, okay, we need to do this because your mental health is important? I mean, initially, me being the youngest as well, initially I feel like they'd be a bit like okay, yeah, you may have this and that going on, but at the same time, you haven't got as much to stress about as you might think. So maybe it will come across to me as they're not really taking me as seriously as I want to be taken. But I don't think it's them being like that intentionally. It's just, I'm their youngest child. I am their child. Yeah. So it's like, oh, don't worry about things. Mm. Okay. What about everybody else? I feel like when it comes to me at my age that I am now, my parents will kind of like question me because I have nothing to stress about except from what college exams but then they don't think of the other factors of like your your exams the pressure it puts on you we've got UCAS to be doing we've got UCAS to go into so it's a lot of pressure us but they don't really put all that factors into it I also think that the day and age that we're in social media plays like a huge role mm-hmm. so i also feel like obviously back in the day like instagram had what its 10th anniversary instagram is still like very new so compared to when our parents were our age mm-hmm. there there was no social media yeah so i feel like that plays a huge role like even even us being 17 there is other 18 17 year olds that have this amount of money they're doing this already mm-hmm. and i think because you're seeing it every day non-stop it does kind of play like a part on your mental health yeah. you're thinking what am i not doing that they're doing that i should be doing so i think parents don't take that into account they do yeah. kind of just think oh you're you're a little child like why do you feel like there's something wrong with you as it's kind of our everyday life you go to college this person got the latest bugs on and you <laughs> don't. So I think, um, I personally think social media has like a huge part as yeah. well. And also because I think mental health for mm-hmm. young people on social media is not portrayed in a good light. Yeah. I feel like on social media, it's kind of like if you have mental health or, you know, not even if you have mental health, but sometimes you just go through stages where you're feeling down. It's kind of looked down upon like, mm-hmm. Is there something wrong with you? Yeah. So, so you feel like it's not taken as seriously as maybe it's like someone... Okay, I'm going to say my age, but I'm, I'm not that old. I'm just <laughs> a bit older than these guys. But someone who's of my yeah. age or my mum and dad's age... I think the reason why it would be taken a lot more seriously is because you guys, as people would say, you guys have more responsibilities mm-hmm. and whatnot, whereas we don't. Or yeah. I think... Because of our age, our responsibilities are classed as a lot to us yeah. compared to us being adults. Yeah, so. no, yeah, I definitely hear that. So, boys, what's your take on it? Because I feel like males, I said this in my previous episode again, males, I think, have a completely different stance when it comes to emotions and mental health. Because obviously, generically, you lot um brought up to be strong, can't talk about your emotions. You kind of just get on with life. And obviously, I know all you lot are aspiring footballers as well. 
So do you feel like your mental health is taken seriously? Like if you went to your parents, do you think they would give conscious answers or? I don't think, um, I don't think they expect you to come to them to express your feelings. Do you mean as a, as a, as a boy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'll expect you to just get on with it. Mm. And do you feel like that kind of plays a part in terms of how you then look at everyday life? So, obviously, you're saying, obviously, if you were to go to your mum, she wouldn't necessarily acknowledge the emotions because you wouldn't go to her. So, do you feel like that affects you school, football, if you've got a job? Like, do you think that affects you in that kind of aspect as well? I mean, it affects me personally, like, because of, obviously, like, not opening up to my parents or whatnot. It's made me more, like, closed off. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really speak about my feelings or whatnot. So, I mean, I just express it whilst I'm playing football. But, okay. Yeah. So the football pitch is your, your, your mouth? Yeah. Basically. Outlet. It's, it's your, yeah, your outlet. <laughs> I said your mouth. Your outlet. I feel like, um, it depends if you might have siblings. Because... Mm. If, 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 say, you have, like, four or five siblings, uh-huh. then your parents might have to cater to each and every single one of you, so you might yeah. not get as much attention as you want. Mm-hmm. But, say, a single child comes up to their parent and says something's wrong, then they can, you know what I mean, like, focus Straight on that child. Yeah. And they'll that fall is That is very life. true. Yeah. That is true. But you lot are quite young, so I'm assuming all of you lot are the youngest or the oldest, or...? Um, I'm the oldest, so... Uh... And I can say that what Ricardo just said is true mm-hmm. like in terms of I feel like when you're the oldest you also if you're a female you take on that mother role yeah like with my sister so when your mum's not there you're you're their second mum so mm. I also feel like because you're a female and sometimes I think especially if you're a male and you're the oldest and mm-hmm. if you're a black male mm-hmm. you always just feel like you know what I'm the oldest I've got to step up so sometimes you feel like you can't even express your feelings to anyone yeah I also feel, sorry, I also feel like when like you're the oldest mm-hmm. and you see like your mum dealing with your siblings and she's got work and she's got bills and all of this yeah. and you have problems, you're like, let me not put that stress on her, let me just deal it with, like, by Ooh, myself. Yeah. And like sometimes you have best friends and, and all that but you can't really express it to them because obviously you just want your mum or your dad but you can't because they have other things to, to stress do. about. And obviously you lot are still 17 so you obviously have your whole life to an 18 you obviously have your whole life ahead but it feels that if you feel like that at such a young age does it kind of make you jonathan i'm going to come to you does it kind of make you nervous for the future because you you really feel that kind of what i'm trying to get as you really kind of feel that pressure such at such an early age do you feel nervous for it when it comes to you being like 25 30 40 and you have your own family i feel like when that happens it makes you not like like some people in their in their homes that like they can express any time. Yeah. Whereas when you see your mum stressing and stuff and you don't I feel like it makes you more closed and like you don't like to express your feelings, like for example in your relationship mm-hmm. or your friendship. So if you have a problem with someone you're not gonna take because you've always dealt with it on your own by yourself. So I feel like it's it's not your parents' fault. It's yeah. not your fault, it's just a thing like, you don't wanna yeah, it. it's just it mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Jonathan? <clears throat> I think like I think it depends on like your surroundings in your household. I think with with like with me, I'm the youngest, and I've got mm-hmm. a brother and older sister, both going uni. Okay. I think pressures on my shoulders, like my parents' expectations, yeah, for me to like follow in their suit. Okay. So right. I think where if they have a problem, I can't like not saying personally. I think that people can't really go to your parents because you've seen your brother and sister do it. And look where they are now. Yeah. yeah like, why, like, they didn't, like, really go to them and ask for help. I don't know why I should feel like... You know, oh, okay. Reason. I think it's a thing like that. Depending on, like, the surroundings and all of them things, there still... That's interesting, actually. I didn't even actually even think of it in that term. Obviously, I'm the oldest, so I didn't even think of it as that being the youngest, having mm-hmm. to then follow... Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. I didn't, didn't really think of that. And do you not feel as well, like... I mean, I'm not going to touch too much on it because that was my whole episode last time. But do you feel like growing up black and being black and being in a black household that you're expressing your feelings? I think you kind of touched on it, Dave. Expressing your feelings isn't necessarily the way that you've been brought up to do culturally-wise as well, which is another thing that can play 
on you being young. Yeah, definitely. I feel like more so with my dad more than with my mum. Mm-hmm. Whereas my mum's more affectionate. Yeah. Whereas my dad's like, why are you crying? What are you crying for? It's kind <laughs> no, of like, literally that. Why, why are you crying? But I think, I don't know if that's maybe <laughs> because he's a male and he's mm-hmm. just obviously bringing a, a, a girl up. He wanted her to just be kind of strong from the get-go. Yeah. But with my dad, it was always kind of like, why are you crying? No emotions. I would never go yeah. to him if I had anything wrong because he's just going to ask me why are you being emotional and I need to fix up. Literally, I would never. Whereas my mum is a bit more like, let's sit down, let's talk about it. So I definitely just think it depends Mm. on your household. And sometimes it just depends even, I've seen it with like some of my friends, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm from a Caribbean background. Because of my parents being born here, I think my mum is a lot more... Westernised. And like comforting, whereas yeah. compared to some of my friends' parents that have come straight from Jamaica, they're like not at all. They yeah. don't want to talk about feelings. They don't want to talk about emotions. Yeah. They don't want to ask you why you're crying because you shouldn't be crying in the first place. So. Yeah. And I also I feel think. like when it's like you're from a Caribbean background and you're a boy and your parents have come for like straight from Car- the Caribbean to mm-hmm. over here, it's all it's also harder. Yeah. I feel like when they have girls. Even though they didn't really talk about it, but they will talk about it. But for boys, they just wouldn't. Like, yeah. Why are you talking about your feelings? You need to sort it out yeah, yourself. 100%. Yeah, No, but as a boy, mm. like, sorry, sorry. Ha- having older brothers, like, I feel as if, like, I don't need to speak to them, mm-hmm. but I just know that they have me. Mm. Because from young, like, I've always, like, mirrored myself off of them. Yeah. And, then, like, they're always around me, so, yeah. I just feel like speaking, like, Obviously, it's good, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I have to because yeah. I just know that I've got like, a solid like, base around me. So if you was potentially to go through like a mental health crisis, for example, you would know that you would have your brothers there and yeah. they would always be there. It's not like a case of you feel like you can't speak to them. It's just that you feel like you've never really had a need to speak to them, but you yeah. know that they're always going to be there. Yeah, like, if I initially start like, bringing stuff up, mm-hmm. then I feel like, like it won't be that we can't speak that. Like, I feel like that we can move on to starting speaking in the house. Yeah. But it's just never that I had to get to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm, that's good, though. I feel like that's very positive. I think as a younger sibling, you definitely need to be able to speak mm. to your older siblings or your mum or your parents. I think that's definitely important. So going on, I think you lot kind of spoke about it in the beginning. I'm going to go back to your exams because <laughs> I know... When I saw my younger sister studying for her GCSEs, I barely could read the algebra because I don't know what was going on in that maths book or the history. I don't know. I don't understand. And I know you lot's GCSEs had changed from when I done GCSEs. So going back to you, I know a lot of you are doing your A-levels now and are going to, for UCAS. So going back to GCSEs, how did you lot cope? How did the, your GCSEs, sorry, affect your mental health, your exams, even now as well, like A-levels, how do they affect your mental health? Do you feel like there's enough resources available to you lot in school especially because this is what I want to kind of get at with young people is that do you not feel like you have enough resources available to go and speak to somebody would you know what to do if your mental health was declining like do you know about CAMS do you know what to talk to about do you know have any of that like school counsellors so mm-hmm. what is it yeah I think Let for me, me I can't lie GCSEs took a toll on my mental health mm. in terms of I felt like I had to perform. Uh-huh. Having siblings that are not silly, like, you lot did what you needed to do when it came to the exams. Uh-huh. For me, it was the thing where I can't let down the team. Uh-huh. I'm the youngest. I need to keep it up. Uh-huh. So that made me feel like, okay, cool, Taylor, you got to do this, this and that to make sure you get the grades that you need. Yeah. Which was pressure, but I felt like I learned to cope with it uh-huh. in terms of I learned how to okay, cool, I do have to do this and this, but I need to still give myself time at yeah. the end of the day to relax, for I say. Or, like, yeah, just gave my time, myself time. But I can't, like, it did take a big toll on my mental health. Um, yeah. And did you feel like... Did you feel like there was resources available to you during that time, so outside of your household? I'm talking about school. school. Yeah, okay. do you feel like your school gave you enough... Just support when it came to your GCSEs, like, and was talking mean, about your mental health? Because I feel like when... Kids have exams. I know when I went to school, which was many years ago, um, mm. I feel like <laughs> there wasn't no support in terms of, in terms of your mental health with your mm-hmm. GCSEs. I don't even remember a teacher even saying to me, you're going to be pressured. You might feel X, Y, Z, but it's okay. I don't, so I don't know if you lot have that going forward 10 years now. I mean, 
I mean, as far as I know, everyone here went to a Catholic school. Yeah. That being another big part of, you know, I feel like in certain religions, mental health is looked upon as, I mean, uh-huh. is it real? Uh-huh. You have God to go to uh-huh. and that kind of thing. I think in school, I do remember having an assembly before GCSEs where they said like, obviously, there's this, that, and websites that you can go to, but it wasn't really spoken about in depth. It was just a bit like, oh, here it is. Yeah. If you need it, use it, but don't come to us. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. So it was like, it was given to us. But, but it wasn't given in, in the a way, way where it's like, this is how you're going to feel. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what the emphasis is about. I think when, especially, and this is the thing, exams, I mean, I'm in uni as well. I mean, I do my mental health decline. So I can only, and you lot, she just sees, I mean, like I said, them books, when I was looking at um, Taylor's books, those books was giving me a, a headache. So I can only imagine how you lot felt in that specific time. And that's when as well, is that, am I correct in saying they had changed the grading yeah. system? Yeah, just changed it. So you guys were the first. No, second. Yeah, no second. Second. So you lied with the second guy. The second guy. Second, the second but people. Still didn't know like how we, it, what they were doing, what the syllabus was too tough, how to mark. Mm. So it was still as much as we were like the second. It was still it was kind of like Very we were new. still the first. You lot were like the new. guinea pigs. We were the guinea pigs. In terms of it was like it was the second for like maths and English and core subjects, but for things like options, wow. it we were the first. Right. Like okay. geography, wow. drama, they were all new. And do you think that do you think that affected you guys' mental health as well in knowing that the whole like, curriculum basically and the way they mark things has just changed? Mainly because beforehand, before they changed it, we would have been in year ten. Yeah. Yeah. Because the year above was year eleven. So was year eleven that had it the first year that mm-hmm. they changed it. So I think for us, when I heard that they were changing it, I was like, oh, does that mean the criteria changes yeah. the whole mark scheme changed. because the mark scheme changes like change it every year but it was like the, the whole thing just switched like, yeah everything just switched around so we were like it's a bit it's like, a bit confusing that yeah mm. you don't know what's classed as a pass you don't know what's really classed as and that obviously can fail. play on your mental health because you're thinking well. am i even getting the right grades to better my future yeah so boys what did you think about when you lot was in your exams, your GCSEs, how did it play on your mental health? How was and how was your school? Cause I know obviously, did you all go? I know you guys went to all girls school. Did you go to all boys school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so how did how did your school? Did they give you resource resources in terms of your mental health and exams? Did they do, did they do the link between it or was it just kind of like, here's your exams, pass them by? Oh, I feel like teachers might have tried to speak to students, but in not all boys school like. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you don't really get along with the teachers if you know what I mean <laughs> it didn't really count for anything but it's not really their fault but yeah. it's just, just yeah. how the school worked really but I think that's on the school in terms of yeah. schools don't make you feel comfortable enough to enough to them. speak about mental health or to go to them or there's not in your behaviour and all of a sudden mm. you know you keep getting detentions or they keep suspending you then yeah. that's when you kind of get that teacher that's your yeah. teacher yeah, where you, yeah. know, you refer back to them or whatever to but it's like you. unless you weren't bad and unless you weren't having outbreaks no one, no one isn't coming to check on you and ask you how you're doing it's it literally only if you're breaking out and you're getting suspended or you're just doing things that aren't you or out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. i think that's the only time they would literally sit down and say what's actually going on with you other than that they're not no a lot of teachers were just obviously doing their job which is teaching and that's it Mm, that's my point though i don't i think schools i mean i don't know every school in england but i do think schools need to do a better job in terms of kids' mental health because there's some kids that are young and going through things that school has no Mm -hmm. idea and it reflects on their behaviour within school. So as you said, when kids start acting out and start getting suspended and stuff, that shouldn't be... Unfortunately, it is the trigger point when teachers then start to get involved because people, kids' behaviour has changed. But I feel like from year seven, there should be a consistent approach with mental health because it's real. It's real in everyone. It doesn't just come and go. It doesn't start when you're 20. Do you know what I mean? It starts when you're however old. So yeah, that's more the emphasis. Dave, you have anything to say about... Exams, pressure. Go on, Savannah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, in the up like the six months before your exams, they give you the countdown. Oh, it's three months now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that puts a lot of pressure on you. And yeah. for girls who have their period, like have periods and stuff, mm-hmm. while that's going on, that can like put a 
big toll. Yeah. And, like, their emotions and stuff. Like, I'll be real. During my GCSEs, I cried a lot. Like, yeah. It was stress. And then even when I got the results, I didn't get the results that I wanted. Uh-huh. And I feel like after you get your results, they don't give you any support. Support. Yeah. After, yeah. after you, you're on your yeah, own. After your results, you literally got summer, so there's no... There's no support after, so the results that I got, I fell down for ages. But obviously, I still went out and stuff. But no one knew how I actually felt. Right. Because there's no, and it. You're covering like, it up. You cover yeah. it up. You just smile, laugh, crack like joke. Me, yeah, I feel like me going out kind of like made me forget about it. But when I got home, I was like, oh, like, reality. Everyone's doing like the subjects they wanted to do for A level, and then there's me still on like level two, but taking me- maths. It's just a bit like. Yeah, so do you feel like better after support, aftercare was needed during then, that process? Yeah. And how was your parents? Did your parents kind of... Did my you feel like the support was there as well? Like, I knew, like, when I, when I opened it, I was like, oh, my God, my mom's going to say Because my, <laughs> like, my mom, she's the type of... She will say what's on her mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I know my mom's going to cuss me. What's going to happen? My dad, my nan. Like, I have my whole... The pressure on my whole family yeah. as well. In my family, there's a lot of people... In my year, for example, I think I have like four cousins in my year. Yeah, so it's kind of like, so, yeah, like what's the word? Versus, yeah, competition. It's competition yeah, for all of us, like who did the best. Yeah, and I did. I wouldn't say I did the worst, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I didn't do the best. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's my family gonna say? But then I feel like my mom, she's very supportive. Like she knew, like me, I have dyslexia, so my mom mm-hmm. was like, she knew what I had. Yeah, but she was. I knew she was disappointed, but. She like understood. I like, went to the garden centre and got some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was cussing me in my head, but you know, I was, I was crying all the way to Pearly. Like, really? This is what I got? Oh my days, what am I going to do? Because when you're in school, they actually say, like, without GCSEs, yeah. you can't go to college, you can't go to sixth form. Mm-hmm. They, want your, they want it for jobs. To this day, they didn't ask me for my what GCSE I got in bloody drama. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think going back to what Savannah said in terms of her going out and putting on a front Mm -hmm. and obviously her saying support wise I think for me personally me and Savannah were in the same position in terms of we didn't get the results that we wanted but I think me knowing I know this sounds a bit weird but me knowing that she didn't do too good it made me feel comfortable and not Mm. kind of like Fuck up, if I yeah, that. because we had like we it was like me and Lene and the Taylor did perfect, <laughs> so we were like at least, we were, like, at least did, one did good yeah, out of the flat. Yeah, I was happy for her, but I was feeling oh, when Taylor told me, Oh my grace, she's gonna be looking at me like, Oh, like, why do you get Taylor? Doing this and you're doing yeah. that, so like, and I felt, I felt as much as I was disappointed as going to college mm-hmm. and obviously not being able to study level three, yeah, which means I'm put by behind a year yeah knowing that obviously i had one of my best friends also in the same position i felt a bit like more comfortable yeah more comfortable in terms of she's going through the same thing that i am so it's like i can talk to somebody that is generally in the same position as me because it's it's all good me going home speaking to my mom about it but she don't know what how i feel like studying for months and then basically not getting the grades you want failing and yeah. still having and to i feel like the pressure of the whole house school was like you can't get a good job if you don't get 500 a stars and just the added yeah. exaggeration they, they, they put they on they definitely put the added extras on top yeah, i agree a lot. i agree i mean school hasn't changed much since i went how many years ago but yes jonathan i was waiting for no. one of you boys to <laughs> chip in i think coming from a boys school the pressures on maintaining your image uh-huh. you know what I mean uh-huh. like, personally going to a boys school like, you won't come out and say oh man I'm revising tonight he's wrong <laughs> like, it's a thing where it's not like let's be real it's not cool to revise it's not cool to go straight home mm, so like pressure's yeah. broke on yourself and nobody wants to come out and say bruh man read this book yesterday guys guess what happened like, I think everyone, <laughs> everyone's gonna I'm the guy like nah, yeah. so during GCSE it wasn't a thing where Who's gonna revise? Who's gonna show the man them that they're not doing anything but getting the grades? Mm. I think it was built pressure on that. Like it just piled up until it came closer to the day. Yeah. When you deeped it and like, wow, man oh. actually didn't revise. You know? <laughs> and I know, I know, that, I know the other man didn't revise, but I actually didn't revise. I think the pressure with that is like, as like from a boy's was like, teachers have their own image of you in yeah. a way, and they. I think the predicted grades mm-hmm. really mm. put something on certain guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, if, the te- if the teacher's saying you're going to get 
four. Which is what? Please, Which, translation. A four is like a C, like a low C. Okay. And then a five is a high C, low B. It don't make sense. Yeah. Right. So if a teacher's saying that, and the teacher doesn't give a toss, like she's saying in front of the class, one, you're labelled already. Yeah. In front of the whole man, and man, them are on you already. And it's embarrassing, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. One's embarrassing. Two, you're now four child, like you're a level four. So you're thinking, right, I've actually done work and I'm a level four. Mm. So what more do I need to do to be a level five? Yeah. So I think that teachers should go about it in a way like... A to, bit more sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I think teachers put guys on block. block. I think teachers are... Do you think they do it more... I know you went to a boys' school, but do you think they... Teachers more aim it more at boys yeah, to try and especially the bad boys. Yeah. Say that again, sorry. Because you can take it. Like the way, like the what he's saying, the way teachers label boys. Yeah. For example, you're gonna get a four. Hundred percent different how they say it to the girl. Yeah. Mm. I think that's going back to what we said in the beginning with emotion, like how boys and girls emotion. Are yeah. Because the teacher can't sit one of the girls down and say. In front of the whole class and say you're gonna get a full without the girl feeling type of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think a boys school, the teacher sits you down in front of the whole class and your guys at the back and she said you're gonna get a full. You're gonna laugh it off because the whole class is laughing. Mm-hmm. But as a girl, if you say in a girl school, the girl's gonna say it's silent. Yeah. But the boys will laugh and you, you'll kind of laugh it off. Yeah. But, but inside you feel yeah. a type of way because obviously, and I think that's kind of wrong. I don't ever think a teacher should be out in. First of all, out of people's great predicted grades. Second of all, trying to make fun of someone's grades and trying to is that's that I just think that's not very good. And if that is a teacher that's done that, that's not good because yeah. how are you imp- improving someone's confidence? You can't. You're there to teach and to pioneer your you young people into the future and <laughs> instill confidence in you by telling someone, "Oh, you're a four, which is a low C, by the way. Um, it's rude. I think personally. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. I think that's mad. I don't know. I feel like, like I said, those exams, poof, and I saw a lot of a lot of attention on the news and stuff in terms of you guys' exams and just the pressure, I think, because they were saying, obviously, the grade, like we said earlier, the grading is just a bit weird. It's not like how when I went to school. So big up you guys for going through all of that. Mm. Well done, well done. And I know you lot are also doing your uni, UCAS stuff mm. and A-level, so good luck for that because that's more pressure. So, moving on. This one's more aimed at the boys. Because, you know, they're quiet. <laughs> and like I said, we've got a couple young aspiring footballers in our mix today. <laughs> um, so, this one is more aimed at you guys. I think football has quite... my pers- <laughs> This is my personal opinion. I think football has quite a negative approach when it comes to mental health. I don't. Like we've gone and said, men don't show their emotions. They're not built to show their emotions. Quote, unquote. And I don't know if football basically promotes that. So what's you lot's personal opinions in regards to football? Like, do you feel like you have a lot of pressure again on your mental health for football? Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure? I know you lot are trying to make... Correct me if I'm wrong, so I don't really know football terms. Is it the first team or something? Or? Yeah, I think football has a lot of pressure on people. Like, there's many reasons. Like, one reason I can say is your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Footballers tend to surround themselves around footballers. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's the same ability in your group. Okay. So, for example, one guy can go top yeah. and make it far. And another guy can go middle. And yeah. you're still at the bottom and you're thinking, what am I doing that they're not doing it? Mm-hmm. And you start thinking a lot. You start like doubting yourself a bit. I think that's where depression can build. And I feel like in football, it's a, it's a platform to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, every footballer has their own story. Yeah. Nobody really, like give them time to say their own yeah. story. So I feel with football, everyone's battling something with themselves mm-hmm. and against others. And that's how football is. Everyone has to fight for their place. Yeah. Like one bad game can end your career, in a sense. And I think everyone puts that in their mind while playing. And off the pitch, it's so different from on the pitch. Like, uh, if you could deep it, like, it's, it's a bit mad still. Because what I feel off the pitch isn't what... Ricardo falls off the pitch. Isn't what David falls off the pitch. Yeah. Dave, me and David can be playing the game, and he can have the game of his life. Do you not play in the same football team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you play in the same football team as well? Okay. Um, David could have the best game of his life, and I can have the worst game, and Brooke cannot maybe not even play that game. Yeah. So Dave's emotions after that game, through the roof, mm. my emotions, and the thing where I can't speak to Dave and say, "Raw Dave, this that this that I'm doing this and doing that because I'm not trying to take anything away from, from him." Dave. Yeah. So it's all it's the thing with competition, friends, and mm. everyone has their own story where they're coming from. Like, 
everyone has their own path. People join football late, people join football early. So it feels like football's like based on who you are and your surroundings and that's how depression can hit mad. Mm. Do you feel like that your club or whoever you play for speaks about mental health? No. A lot? Do you think that they promote positive mental health in terms of footballers? Because I just feel like, I don't know, football, and it's crazy because obviously it's loved by so many. Yeah. But we're in a, also a way where we're talking, like mental health, everyone's talking about mental health, it's such an open thing, but I still feel like football has such a long way to go because I just never hear anything about mental health when it comes to football, to be honest. Especially when you are so young, like, like I said, you're 17, and you're already going through puberty and so much other emotions. And on top of that, you have football. I feel like coming being in a club at a young like a young age is a it it really builds character. And how long have you not been playing football for? For like mm-hmm. young, from young still. Young is is um age of like ten. Oh uh, oh okay so young young. Yeah, your whole life. Yeah, yeah, like that's what people grow up to. Like you build your whole life for it, and, and like if so if you see other people making it before you, yeah. It's like, it's like, raw, like how, how much longer do I have to go? Mm, no. That's another thing I was going to hit on. Like, do you feel the pressure of having to make yeah, it? Yeah. Especially as football's got, what, kind of like an age yeah, restriction no, as well. Because when you hit certain ages, like, like, it makes it harder. People might not say it, but it 100% True. makes it harder. Mm. Yeah. And when you hit the ages of the ages that we're at now, mm-hmm. and... And some people don't even have any support around them. Mm-hmm. They might just, you know what I mean, give up or fall off. So so football's a lot of things that behind closed doors you have to deal with. Yeah. But you might be able to speak to your friends. Yeah. Yeah, but like like playing in the same team as my friend, that like is good, you know what I mean? Like I could speak to them, but it only tackles maybe like fifteen percent. And eighty five percent is just me on my own when I get home. In your and own I wake thoughts. Up. Yeah. Yes, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, like being in the club from young, mm-hmm. it really builds you because like as a young age, as young players from under, under what what under you in year seven, under what elevens, twelves, under elevens, twelve, <clears throat> they release players. Yeah. And as a young boy being released, it does a lot. Yeah. Like, I know a couple guys that I've started with from young, mm-hmm. and they, when they've been released, they just the end and even at like under 12s at under 12s you're 11 and being released from a club at 11 years of age yeah it, it says a lot like people doubt themselves people stop football mm-hmm. like, there's been a couple of my guys that and a couple of like, my close friends that i've thought about quitting football because mm-hmm. it's long and they're and they can only tell me they've um they've um thought about quitting football they can't really tell me what's on their mind so mm-hmm. i get like people tell you the the little, but you don't really know as the, full. Said, the full effect of what's happening. Yeah. So the field football is like like most sports. It's like it yeah. builds the it builds a character and mm. there's a lot of stuff that that goes unsaid and alone. Behind closed doors. Uh, Dave, anything to add? No, like, what you said is true, like especially with rejection. Like Taylor knows that obviously my my journey's been even though I'm not even where I want to be, mm-hmm. like, I've come a long way. Like, the amount of clubs I've been to and I've got released for for reasons that aren't even explainable. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've played, I've been to top clubs, top clubs in England where I've outperformed players that already signed and then clubs will come back and then give a reason that you can't even understand. Uh, and especially me battling that at a young age like that like, I remember going to Liverpool as a 15 year old uh-huh. and I'm staying by myself oh 15. wow okay and you're, like that's two, young at 15 yeah, to be staying like, in Liverpool on your own staying at Liverpool like two weeks every time I go by myself and it's the first time I've ever done that yeah my family not around yeah I remember my last game that I played there um, obviously I was so nervous mm-hmm. because it was like I've done so well but I just needed that game to just confirm everything yeah to finalise it and I bottled it because I was nervous I've gone back in the toilet vomiting oh wow my dad, like, I want to go home now that like, plays a part on your mental health and then the fact that that's not even the only occasion that like, there's been other occasions where 
obviously things have gone wrong and and it's tough like and how because i know you said in the beginning that talking isn't necessarily that, what you do i don't even talk exactly yeah. so then how so then how does that then impact like, you as a person because if you're not speaking about how you feel it's eating me up like a couple times i've thought that like, i might as well quit uh, when the fact that i don't speak to people like, i don't even speak to my mom which ain't a good thing to say but i mean it's the truth we're being open and yeah. honest you know what i mean it's the truth look, and then i'm looking around me and i'm like I got close people that actually believe in me, mm. and I don't even believe in myself. Like, and then it's like, and then so yeah. how do you? So then going back to the fact that you don't speak, what is it that makes you not want to talk? Because if you know you have all those feelings and you know you feel down and Life you feel low, so but then what? Life experience in terms yeah. of you just right. know you're not gonna want to speak. Obviously, what I'm not gonna get into it, but mm. obviously stuff I've been through in the past, like with my mum. My dad. So would you consider ever talking to somebody that's not... Because no. another point I want to kind of get onto again, which kind of came up in my previous episode, was would you never ever think of talking to somebody that's out, external? So not your mum, not your dad. Nobody that doesn't know, they don't know you at all. Yeah. Psychologist, a therapist. You wouldn't ever consider going to any of those people and expressing your feelings. Because if you're saying that, obviously you're struggling to talk to the people around you and you feel certain, but and football plays a big part in your life and it, plays a men- it gives you a big toll on your mental health you would never consider going someone external that doesn't know you, that could maybe give you a bit more impartial advice? Nah. Is that just because you, you feel like... They advice, but they're not going to understand me. Mm. So it's not going to make me feel any better than that. So if there was, like, a football therapist... So, like, say... If the... no, it's not just football. That's what it's I'm everything. Yeah, like, it's mm. the stuff that I've built up to make me what I am today. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in terms of football... Yeah. Like, the most important thing was just believing in myself. Yeah. Because... I mean, so many stuff have gone wrong. Yeah. And having a bad mentality, mm. which is one of the most important things in football, mm-hmm. could have led me down another path. Yeah. Or just not even led me down another path, but just made me give up. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like, obviously, going for foot, saying on the football topic, yeah. and mental health, do you feel like if there was potentially taking your how you your personal feelings aside of how you feel about out external help if there was something available like a therapist that specializes in i don't know how guys feel about football or if mm. there was like a counselor on site that was in round your club. club that after a game you could just go and talk to would that be something that would help do you think but you don't think the same, so? it's the same as just speaking to a random but say if that person was specifically put there for you not yeah. to talk about not about anything external so not about how your mom but specifically about the game and how your feelings are about that specific game so you've come off so for example you've had a game you've had a bad game you've come off the pitch that counsellor or therapist is there for you just to slowly speak about your emotions about that game do you think that would help if it's about the game then yeah because uh-huh. I'm assuming you have positive and neg- like you said you have positive and negative emotions when playing a football game so if there was somebody to talk to coming off the pitch do you think that would impact not just yours but as a whole like yeah. just football and footballers in general do you feel like that would do a positive impact on you lot's mental health after coming off a football pitch nah. no <clears throat> no because i feel like a game doesn't a game's 90 minutes and after the game you're going to speak to them for like what 10 15 minutes but they're still the next day the um. whole week and some people like myself after bad games don't like to speak mm. like speaking like I wouldn't I'd rather go home and not speak to anyone uh-huh. and I feel better okay I feel everyone's different I feel like me and David are um, we're not different in the sense but the way he handles his things and I handle mine is like a different way because like I'm quite close with my mum my mum's more on the football journey with me uh-huh. so it was a thing where like I won't, I, like, I'll speak to just give her the summary, but I won't get in depth. I think that's what I'm lacking personally. Uh, because in depth is where, that's where it's hitting. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Where, like, that's where it actually is. But like, the summary, I will just, like, I feel like it's like, good to have good company around you because uh-huh. that's why I'm around, like, better days are coming, you know, one door closes, another one opens. opens yeah. But, uh, I feel like, I think it depends on your company like to do a football like you need someone there so i feel like the club like if a club has someone to speak to i don't feel that will work in a sense because, okay yeah you know what i mean yeah no but i feel like it's the same as like having coaches really but do you not speak to your coaches no but um 
No. This is, well, this is my point, though. My point is the, the outlet. You can build certain relationships with certain cultures. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's certain clubs, cultures that you're closer to. Yeah. Than others, but it's not really close enough to... And I feel like it always comes to... I feel like, personally, it always boils down to the we are men. I'm re- like, I just think that's also what it comes down to. It's not even that. Like, football's a game of men. It's a game. It's not a game for wins. Yeah. So, it's not. Especially it's only when you're playing in front of crowds of, yeah. like, 50, 60,000 people. You're getting... Especially if you play it bad now, you're getting sixty thousand people cussing you up. <laughs> you're a big yeah, you have to have thick skin yeah. to be able to deal with certain man, things. Like, you're not gonna go, you're so not on the pitch. You can't tell your coach how your yeah, coach yeah. look at you. But then this is my point though. But don't. But this we should be normalizing that. No. That's my point, and that's my and you lot have hit it, the nail on the head in terms of. My point is, you we should be normalizing the fact that you lot should be able to speak about how you. Feel. We're in twenty twenty. You should be able to speak about how you feel. Regardless if someone, regardless if someone is for you, like you said, someone's saying rude things about you because you haven't played well, mm. it shouldn't matter. If you feel a type of way about something, if you're angry or something, you should be able to speak. Regardless of football, football mm. can be for men. It's also women, there's also women yeah. footballers. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's easy. To... It, I feel like you football needs to be no, mental health needs to be normalized in football because you like literally just said my point in the fact that. What did you say? You can't cry to your coach. You can't. Could you get looked down? Right, exactly. But then in 2020, mm. we're meant to be normalising mental health. So how can you not cry to your coach who's meant to be there for you in a, in a game that you feel that you've played negatively? And that's my point. I feel like it's easier to say yeah. when you're looking do. from an outside. Yeah, it's like I'm not in the game. So. Yeah, you're not in you, the You've got 15 yeah. other teammates. Yeah, you could be. And if everyone's going to go speak to your coach, you yeah. then... Then, then he can't yeah, pay attention change, to you. You know what I mean? In the chain, you don't want to speak there. I can't swear. You don't even want to speak there. Huh? I can't swear. I would prefer you not to, but if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, are you talking about like male banter? That's what we're talking about. Not even male banter, but. Rude things. Oh, oh, you're yeah. just calling you a bitch if you're complaining in general. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, it's half time you're losing and you're complaining, oh, they're swearing at me in the stands. Yeah, you're getting insulted in front of everyone. Everyone's looking at you like just got to deal with it because from young you're always told it's easy to say only you can make yourself make it. Yeah, it's easy. So like from young you're always built. It's only that like it's only you. Do you know what I mean? Like you ain't really got anyone else to help you make it. Like only you can make yourself make it. Yeah, from a young age everybody knows what football comes with. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I hear it, but again, my point is. I feel like football just lacks in the normalisation. And I think in 2020, it shouldn't be a case of... I'm not disputing the fact that you lot need to have a certain mental and physical strength to play a game. I get that 150%. But there are women footballers that have emotions that can say what they want. Life is all about emotions. Do you know what I mean? Like, life is emotions. And even if you're... Football, at the end day, is your job, no? That's yeah. potentially your job. Yeah. So you're not always going to have good days in your job. If we're, if we're linking it back to people's careers... You have a bad day at work. It is what it is. I get it's different for football because your bad day can obviously be the end of your career. But then don't you feel like there just needs to be something that normalises it, normalises mental health? Well, at work, say for example, you're a bus driver. Mm, you know, and you crash. Day, you, he's he's going to like call you out on it. Mm. Not, not the passengers. They don't have your social media. They don't have your, your phone number. Footballer, footballer, as you're out there, mm-hmm. everyone has your... Instagram, your Twitter, and can especially social media. So I hear what you're saying about jobs, but even another example, if you're working in an office, uh-huh. your co-workers ain't gonna message you and say, "Bro, what you did today was poor, was appalling." I mean, they do, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, it doesn't take a toll on you as much. Because mm. it's just maybe like one or two people yeah. saying it. Yeah, when as opposed to hundred and people so. are saying it. Commenting on your you picture. Can have like a that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a million followers. You can have. And you can that. Like, like if you're in the office, you know the person that's saying it. Yeah. yeah you if know. someone's saying it from outside, and there might be like fifteen people adding you on Twitter, and they have. You're no... thinking if they're thinking that. Then what's what the other people you, thinking? Like, what my teammates might be thinking. Yeah. So you know what I mean. And I think football comes with that. With footballers, you have sponsors, and if like you have a, a run of bad games. Sponsors can be lost, trust mm-hmm. in coaches can be lost, playing time can be lost. I think there's major factors that you think of, where as in work, if you have a bad week, you get a talking to, you get a warning, you don't lose. Potentially can get fired. Potentially can. Mm-hmm. You don't lose like cuts in wages. You don't mm. lose. You don't lose your break time. There's a bigger loss, and mm. footballers have that to carry with them while running that for ninety minutes. You know what I mean? 
Uh, mm, interesting. I mean, I'm still on this quest to normalise mental health and football, but, you know, you guys have given me a great, great breakdown. I thank you for that. So my next... We're actually coming to an end, to be fair. So my next kind of question... It's not really a question. It's more a case of, again, going to, like... I'll go to the females. Relationships. Oh, and young people. I mean, please, please, we don't... We don't, we don't have... We're trying to end. They have a, a big world. Yeah, massive. Because with boys these days, like... Girls come out to our age. I'm not saying they want to settle down, but, like... They at know, 17 not so like, they, know, they don't know what they want but like you see in like on instagram these girls going on holiday with their boyfriend you see them doing this you see them doing that all you want is that with your boyfriend and when your boyfriend's not doing it and then he's chatting to the next girls and then he's doing this he's doing that you're just thinking what have i not got like i mean that's probably how you feel in older ages as well but do you feel like because you are still young that it plays a bigger toll in terms of on how you think, feel, and look about yourselves in terms of like your confidence, your self esteem, just mm. generally. As females, I think our confidence and self esteem goes up and down like yo yos. Do you know what I mean? One day you feel like, yeah, I look good, the next day you're like, nah. I mean, you see them liking pictures, girls on Instagram, that have you good, <laughs> thin weight, mm. big bum, no spots, no stretch marks, mm. just good, nice white toes, <laughs> <laughs> how have you, it's been, oh, your skin's pale. Because your hair's not done, like you're like, oh, okay. I see how it is. I know, relationships. Yeah. I feel like, depending on obviously, I feel like it's, it's just leading back to what you said in the beginning, like men don't like to talk about their feelings. So even if, let's say, there is an issue in the relationship, it's going to take a lot to actually get the guy to talk about his feelings because in general, he's not doing it with his mum, he's not doing it with his friends, he's not doing it to the, with the other people that are closest to him. Yeah. So it's going to be 10 times harder for him to do it with his partner. Yeah. And I think also with men, they don't think, they don't want their girlfriend obviously thinking, oh, he's weak for crying or he's weak for telling me how he really feels. But mm-hmm. really, you're not weak because we're classed as the weaker ones, the females. Yeah. You know what I mean, I don't feel like it just depends on the male, but like, yeah, I don't feel like in relationships, we, there's not, me personally, I wouldn't talk to my partner about my mental health. It's just, I feel like he wouldn't know how to react to mm-hmm. it. And do you feel like being in a relationship at a young age affects yes. your mental health in a negative like space? At this age, like, what you see on social media, like, a boy's meant to be painful. And I'm not saying they're meant to, but there's a stigma of boys are meant to be painful the first day. Mm-hmm. Boys are meant to be painful. This but day. you guys are actually it's, 17, exactly. so I don't really know where and this, they, um, meant to have all this money, money. <laughs> <laughs> is coming from at 17. I'm exactly. just, I agree with you on that thing. That's I do true. think so social like media plays a, plays a part. part both of, like, a male and female's mental health in a relationship. Especially at 17, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, Jonathan. <clears throat> sorry, I think social media can... Sorry, not social media. I think relationships can build depression as well. Mm. Because I think... No, it's true, it's true. It's a serious... <laughs> it's a serious um, subject. Because I feel like um, putting, like, all your eggs in one basket, say, for example, a girl puts her eggs in... In yo, here we go. Puts eggs in a male's basket, and the male then goes and breaks her trust. Mm. I feel like she has nothing to fall back on. Low I moods come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like when she sees him gets in another relationship, I think every, like that's where depression hits, and you start, as Savannah said, you start um doubting yourself, and that. I feel that's on both sides as well. But let's keep it to the girl. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, not trying to say about a boy, no. perfect and kind of going on like finishing up the podcast transition to adulthood how are you not finding that how do you think that affects your mental health because i know Mm -hmm. like i said you lot are all 17 18 so technically in the eyes of the law you're an adult because you're 18 (laughs) (laughs) so how do you feel like that affects your mental health in terms of the whole transition to adulthood like i said you lot are obviously doing uni soon going to be moving out next year if you're going to uni to halls bills mm. job life is different i think it's hard mm. because really truly we weren't taught how to pay our taxes mm-hmm. how to pay bills we don't know what we're doing like we're going into something and we have no idea what we're doing mm. yeah we've like got a job but our job isn't 
Like, it's not stable to where I can move out, pay mm. my bills. Oh, yeah, girl, no one can. Not with this, these house prices and this exactly. economy, nobody like, can't move out. What we want is not what we can have because we don't know what we're doing. And I think that adds, obviously, to your mental health because mm. you're constantly in doubt of, am I doing everything right? Because you don't know what is And it's right. such a weird period of change, isn't it? So, obviously, yeah. 17 to 18, 18 to 19, you're not, technically, like I said, not as a you're an adult. <laughs> But you don't necessarily feel like an adult because you don't have adult responsibilities in so much terms. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously, you lot, I know you lot pay some bills, but in terms of like car, finance, etc., etc., what I may, I may have isn't the same as what you guys may have. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like, you are you worried about the future? Do you feel like that plays a big part in your mental health and how you're, especially boys as well? Because I know sometimes a lot of life come, pressures comes onto males. Like, you know, especially if you're the oldest, man of the house. If your dad's not in the picture, but you have to be the man of the house. So do you feel like, as well, the transition is nerve-wracking? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it depends on your, as I said before, like, your household. Yeah. Like, if your brother, my older brother, he's going, doing well with himself, getting himself a job, a house, this, that, this, that. I feel that goes down to the second child, then the third child. I think everyone should follow suit. Mm. I think that's where... It, it comes, the mental health comes because imagine if I don't want to do what he's doing. Imagine if I want to stay at home and chill with mum and dad. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's where it comes. I feel like I'll maybe be looked at different. Okay. Maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I feel like you also have to like follow like what happens culturally, meaning you go to uni, mm-hmm. you then find a boyfriend that then can go into your husband, you then buy a house and then you have kids. And I feel like if that ever changes, like, in your life, then it will have a big toll on your mental health because you're like, what am I doing wrong for why I can't follow this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, guys, that is the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for coming and having, and being really open and honest and open. I really, really appreciate it. So for all you listeners, again, thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to follow Lightspace on Instagram, which is light underscore space. And to follow us on Twitter, which is lightspace underscore mh, where you'll get all the latest updates when my podcast is coming out and the tips of the day. Thank you for listening.